Hello and welcome to the Ordinary Church Podcast. This is a podcast about the church and for the church. I'm Connor, I'm here with Mike, and we're excited to be with you today. Uh, Good morning, Mike. Good morning, Connor. It's a beautiful day outside, uh, so thanks for joining us, listeners. We're uh, stepping into the second part of a three-part mini-series on three uh, sins that don't always get a lot of airtime, and that is uh, gluttony, greed, and gossip. So... Last week, maybe you caught uh, us talking about gluttony, and Mike, you're doing some teaching on this as well during the week, and today we're going to talk about greed. So uh, let's just open it right up, Mike. Uh, Give me a high-level flyover, the sin of greed. Uh, Why is it a problem? Why is it neglected? I know we're going to get into a a particular passage, but let's just start with kind of maybe some big-picture ideas. Okay, so greed. Um, Greed is, is something that takes from others to benefit yourself. Okay. Mm-hmm. So if we have to like define it, greed is something that is never satisfied and takes mm-hmm. from others to benefit itself. Okay. okay. I want to take us to an old Testament passage in second Kings chapter five, and really it illustrates greed. Okay. So this will help us see the big picture of it. And then we can kind of drill down and get into some other things about it. Um, and, and this is in mind, keep in mind, Luke twelve fifteen, Jesus said, beware and be on your guard against every form of greed. Hmm. Okay. So he's, he's warning against this. And this is the idea of he's denouncing covetousness. Okay. Yeah. This is where the guy came to Jesus and said, tell my brother to divide the family inheritance with me. And he goes, you know, Hey, who made me a judge or arbiter over you? Beware of greed. Hmm. So he's wanting something that he shouldn't have. And hmm. uh, he says it's, not even when one has an abundance, does his life consist of his possessions, hmm. which is a, a really clear thing that Jesus said kind of kind of over and over again. So yeah, so let's go to Second Kings five. And it's about Naaman who gets healed of leprosy. Now, I'm going to tell the story for a little bit. So just bear with me, listeners. We're going to go through this narrative a little bit to get to um, the person who was greedy. OK, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I won't even give you their name yet. OK, so here it is. So Naaman, commander of the army of the king of Syria, great man with his master. Um, Everybody loved him. You know, he was a great guy. And and by him, the Lord had given victory to Syria. He was a mighty man of valor, but he was a leper. Okay, he was a leper. Keep that in mind. So then all of a sudden, there's a little girl who had been taken in one of the raids. And she was from Israel. So she basically had been kidnapped by the Syrians. Okay, the Syrians had really harassed uh, Israel a lot. And she worked uh, for Naaman's wife. And she says, well, if Naaman were with the prophet in Samaria, he would cure him of his disease. Right? So this little girl from Israel has faith that God would use uh, Elisha okay, to heal this, this leper. And so there's, he goes to the king of Israel and says, look, um, uh, please... Uh, cure Naaman and the king gets afraid and says, Oh no, I'm not God. I can't do this. And then Elisha, the man of God hears about the king who is so messed up over this. And Elisha who walked by faith says, let, let this man come to me that he may know that there is a prophet in Israel. So Naaman comes with his horses and chariots stands at Elisha's door of his house. Okay. And Elisha is literally saying to the guy, to Naaman, he sends messengers to him and says this, you go wash in the Jordan River seven times and you will not be a leper anymore. Okay, you'll be healed. 
Naaman is angry. He gets angry and leaves, right? And says, I thought he was going to have me, you know, do some like special thing, like get out and call on the name of the Lord and wave his hand over the place and cure me. So he's got this idea in his head, right? And he goes, look, I got better rivers where I live. He's got, I got better rivers, uh, Abana and far, far, the rivers of Damascus. Those are better. <laughs> They're better. Yeah. I am going to wash in them and be clean. Right. So he goes, he, le- he leaves in a rage. So there's all sorts of weird stuff going on. The guy's raging against Elisha. Now his servant says to him, look, what he said to you, um, you're not going to do like he said, wash and be clean. Like, dude, do this. So he goes down, he listens to his servant, goes down, dips himself seven times in the Jordan, according to the word of the man of God. This is, this is key. And his flesh was restored like the flesh of a little child, and he was clean. Like, I have a brand new grandbaby, my fourth grandbaby, and little, little Asher, I was holding him yesterday. Oh, my goodness. Mm. So soft, mm. so clean, so pure mm. of skin. Like, his skin is so soft, the baby skin. It smells so good. That's awesome. Until, you know, his diaper needs to be changed. Right, but anyway... Right. But I, I hand that off to others. Okay, so um, so here's the deal. He, he returns to the man of God, and he, he says, Okay, now I know that there is no God in all the earth but in Israel. Now accept this present from your servant. Now this is where we get into the greed aspect, okay? So he says, I want to give you a gift. I want to give you a thank you gift. You know, that's kind of a, an appropriate thing, right? Connor, would you, would you take a, a thank you gift if someone wanted to give it to you? I think I would take the gift, yes. Yeah, of course. You know, uh, right? okay, yeah. it's, not, it's not something that we would think is a bad thing, take right. a thank you gift. Right. But Elisha says, as the Lord lives, I will not receive anything. So he's basically saying, look, this is something the Lord did. I'm not going to take anything for it. Mm-hmm. Okay, fair enough. This doesn't mean that you can't take the honorarium when you go guest preach at, at a church, Connor, okay? Thank That's you. not what this means, okay? okay? All right. So he urges him to take it, and he still refuses. Okay, so this is a little bit touchy now, because now he's literally refusing the gift, but he's, he doesn't want to take it. So Naaman says, okay, well, okay, that's fine. Um, then please let there be given to your servant two mules loads of earth from now on, on your servant will not offer burnt offering and sacrifice to any god but the Lord. In this matter, may the Lord pardon your servant. When, when my master goes into the house of Rimmon to worship there and lean on, my, lean on my arm, I bow myself in the house of Rimmon. Now, this is an interesting thing. He's saying, just pardon me, please. I'm not trying to bow down to a different God. Okay? Mm-hmm. Fair enough? Mm-hmm. Okay. So he says, so Elisha says to him, go in peace. Like, yes, we know the Lord knows what your heart is, is where your heart is at. Right. Okay. But here's the greed. Naaman leaves and Gehazi, the servant of Elisha, the man of God. So Gehazi, who hasn't been named yet, says, my master has spared this Naaman, the Syrian, in not accepting from his hand what he brought. As the Lord lives, I will run after him and get something from him. Boom. Greed. Bam. Okay. There it is. All right. So Gehazi follows Naaman. When Naaman saw someone running after him, he got down from his chariot to meet him and said, is all well? He says, of course all is well. My master has sent me to say something to you. Total lie. Uh Total lie. Uh So greed and lying are going together here, Uh right? Yep. So if you're greedy, you might be a liar too, um, most likely. He says, look, um, there's two young men of the hill country of the sons of the prophets. Please give them a talent of silver and two Festive garments. 
And Naaman said, please be, be pleased to accept two talents. And he urged him and tied up two talents of silver in two bags with two festive garments and laid them on two of his servants. And they carried them before Gehazi. When he came to the hill, he took them from their hand and put them in, in the house. He took them for himself. Totally lied. Uh-huh. So he goes to Elisha, back to work, stands before Elisha. And Elisha says, where have you been? You gotta love this. Anyone can relate to this, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Where have you been, Gehazi? And he says, well, your servant went nowhere. <laughs> Liar <laughs> I again. I so he's now caught in a web. Okay. The other day I was watching a little video reel. Of a, of a snake that got caught in a spider web. And what? the spider was so big. It was as big as, it was like big fat spider going after like this snake. A snake? Yes. Seriously? Wrapped him up. Wow. Wrapped him up. Uh huh. In the air. It was up in the air. I've too. never heard of this. Okay. Crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. That's anyway, crazy. so he's caught in his own web. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. He's, oh, I didn't go anywhere. And he says, Did my heart not go when the, with you when the man turned from his chariot to meet you? He knew all about it. Mm-hmm. Was it a time to accept money and garments, olive orchards and vineyards, sheep and oxen, male servants and female servants? And watch this. This is what Elisha pronounces on him now. Mm-hmm. Therefore, the leprosy of Naaman shall cling to you and to your descendants forever. So he went out from his presence, a leper like snow. And the idea here is that greed makes us unclean. The greed makes you unclean. Mm. He, he was unclean mm. and he literally be, became unclean. And I think there's a principle we can draw from this. This is something that really happened. Yeah. Okay. And, and what happened is, you know, there's people walking by faith. Greed does not have faith at the root. Mm-hmm. Okay. Greed says, I got to take from someone else because I got to get for me and mine. Yep. Because God's not going to provide. Yeah. So greed is never satisfied at the root is, is, is a lack of faith. Right. Okay. Right. And so. I don't know. Uh, what happens then is he, it leads to lying and it, then it leads to just uncleanness. And here it's kind of like when you get to Acts five and you got Ananias and Sapphira, mm-hmm. you know, being killed before mm-hmm. the Lord because they lied to the Holy Spirit. They lied to the church and lied to God. And you go, wow, this makes everyone fearful of sinning. Yep. Anyone who was around that would have been like, OK, we are not going to be greedy here. Mm-hmm. So anyway, so let's talk about greed. You know, Jesus said, make sure that. That you, um, you don't, you, you basically um, be on guard against every form of greed. And on, on guard, it means you watch, mm-hmm. watch. Mm-hmm. And I think that you have to be careful. Um, I don't know. Talk to me, Connor. What do you think about greed as it relates to this? I, I don't want to ask you a question that says, oh, tell me a time when you're greedy. Let's talk about when we see greed. Okay. What, what does it? Where does it lead us? What does it do to us? What kind of thoughts do you have in your mind about greed right now? Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I think we could go in a lot of different directions. You know, the, the, what you just said from the Luke 12 passage, if you have to guard against it, you know, and watch, you just mm-hmm. said it means to watch. Mm-hmm. It, I think that maybe it's suggesting that a lot of times people can be greedy without realizing it. You know, mm-hmm. it's not like something that is just flying in your face like, oh, wow, I was greedy today. Um, it can sneak up on us in all kinds of different ways without even us really seeing what's going on. So mm-hmm. I think there's a caution in that maybe for anybody listening right now, you know, this could just be a chance to kind of spend some time praying, thinking, are there ways that I'm greedy? Are there, you know, are there ways that I'm holding on too tightly or, or getting too hungry for, um, yeah, these kind of worldly things around me? Uh, yeah, Mike, a few other thoughts. I would, I would just say one thing that always stuck with me, there was a, it was actually, um, 
Mark Dever, if that name means anything to someone listening. But mm-hmm. he was he was uh, preaching in a guest chapel at at school, and and he just dropped in this little line. Uh, hey, I'm t- I'm talking to a bunch of pastors right now. Don't forget that you don't have to have a lot of money to be greedy, or you don't have to have a lot of money to to basically love money and and hunger for that. Mm-hmm. So I've always thought about that. That greed is not you know when I think of greed, maybe the picture that comes to mind is the person who lives in the big house on the hill. Um, but somebody could actually have really very little and still be guilty of the kind of things that um, that Jesus is warning against. So those are a few ideas. There's another passage I was thinking of, which is James five. We could go there, but mm-hmm. but Mike, let me let me ask you. I, I'm not exactly sure how to get my head around this one, but do you think it's fair to say? I mean, man, we're in Orange County, one of the most wealthy you know areas in all of America, and America is obviously one of the well, it's really the wealthiest country in the world. Mm-hmm. Do you think that we give ourselves a pass too often with greed? Is it something that we don't talk about often enough or don't think about often enough? Are people thinking about it? I, I don't know. What have you seen in that in that respect? I think I give myself a pass on greed far too often. And I think absolutely that our culture gives a pass to greed. You know, as we even teed up this this really brief series, G3, on gluttony, greed, and gossip, that we did so because these are, you know, two of them are two of the seven deadly sins mm-hmm. historically. Um, but the idea that these are the kind of sins where it's like, you know, we're just going to give ourselves a pass on these. We're going to, you know, I'm going to be okay with your greed if you're okay with my gluttony kind of thing. And I think that, look, this breaks, let me tell you, let me tell you why greed is so bad. Okay. And why, why Jesus would say, keep watch, literally keep on guard, keep a sentry against every form of greediness. So the idea is that it's not just one thing that can trip us up on greed, just like gluttony, okay? Um, and you can be greedy. It's the idea that you want, you you take from others to benefit for yourself, and it's never satisfied, and at its root is a lack of, of faith in God's provision, okay? Now, here's the thing. What is this? Why is this so bad? Why would Jesus say, keep on guard or watch out be a century against all or every form of greed because it's pervasive and it can really wreck our hearts. Romans one twenty nine says that it being they're being filled with all unrighteousness, wickedness, greed, and evil. But greed, when you break the word down, it means you want an advantage for yourself and it's covetousness. It's the deeds of coveting. This is why it's so bad. It breaks the 10th commandment. Hmm. What does the 10th commandment say? You shall not covet your neighbor's house you shall not covet mm-hmm. your neighbor's wife or his male servant mm-hmm. or his female servant or his ox or his donkey or anything that is your neighbor's. You notice that anything that when you look and say, I want that for myself and I want what someone else wants, it's the greediness. Yeah. I think interestingly, gluttony and greed can overlap one another. Mm-hmm. I used the example last week where I said, look, um, when my wife Angela and I go out to dinner and we both order the same thing and I, this happened the other day where I ordered something with a friend of mine. We both ordered the same thing at a restaurant and his portion was larger than mine. And I literally, seriously, he left the table to go get some coffee. And I thought, I think I want to switch the plates. Mm-hmm. No one had eaten the food yet. <laughs> I, I really, I, it crossed my mind. I've okay? been there too. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so there's the gluttony of like, I want more for myself, but also the greediness totally that is yeah, so insidious. And you think about Gehazi. Everyone can relate to him. Yep. What? You passed up that benefit? Uh-huh. 
Well, let's go get it. Right. Interestingly, he could have said to Elisha, could we please take something because I'm needy in some way? He didn't say anything like that. He basically went and lied twice, at least twice. And then as a result, and, and as if it was going to get hidden, hmm. you know, you're, you know, like Jesus says, your sin's going to find you out. Hmm. So like we want to, I think, I think what we go is yes, that we give it a pass, but let's shift now and talk about what do you do about it? Yeah. Like, what do you do about greed to curb? And, and I, it's weird to say curb it, <laughs> uh, about greed. Um, I don't think it's curbing it. Okay. I think it's eradicating P- putting it, it like to death, right? Take right, right, pulling right. it out at its roots. Yeah. You're not yeah. trying to, that's right. You're not trying to curb it. Let me, I don't know if this is a helpful question, but what would you say is the opposite of greed or what kind of, what positive direction starts to weaken the impulse towards being greedy? Grateful, thankful, um, content. I think contentment is yeah. going to be a, I, uh, a key word. I feel we, like we think of. I, I w- that word was in my head too. I feel like okay. contentment is a key idea. And then maybe, um, yeah, thankfulness, like you said. I was also thinking of generosity, selflessness, being an others-oriented mm-hmm. person. That that starts to, if you really think, okay, the greatest command is I love God. Second greatest command is I love other people. That starts to immediately undercut the impulse towards I'm just going to store up things for myself or I'm going to just chase after whatever I can in life to to benefit myself. Yes. Uh, yeah, what else? Talk, think positively, you know. Right. What would it look like to, to weed this out, to put this into death? Okay, so I, I'm going to go three simple things, okay? And I think it is, I think it is this simple, but it's like, we don't go here when we know we should. Hmm. And again, I look at about what, a, what should Gehazi have done? It's the same thing we should do when we realize we're being greedy. Look to Christ. Okay. Second, deny yourself. And third, give to others. Hmm. I think it's that simple. That's good. Look to Christ, deny self, give to others. The denying self you know, in the midst of a temptation, it's it's hard to look to Christ and it's hard to deny yourself. Um, and I think it's hard to then have a loose hand to give to others and, an, excuse me, an open hand uh, to give to others versus a, versus the greedy grab, you know? Yeah. Right. I think of, uh, I really like that. You know, the picture I get is a pinata at a, at a party, <laughs> hmm. uh, you know, pinata at a party, uh, literally, um, literally begs people begs kids to be greedy okay <laughs> uh, right it's like here we're gonna break this thing open you know it's filled with really good stuff and when it breaks open you get to dive and over everyone and push everyone out of the way and get as much as you can for yourself i thought you were going in a different direction with the illustration I, oh <laughs> I, I thought you were gonna say be like a pinata send all your good stuff no out i'm talking about how a pinata at a party literally begs kids to be greedy yeah it does yeah right? nothing it helpful. trains you trains you to be greedy so this is interesting i i was actually thinking greed is so culturally enshrined in our society and the pinata is just an example of yeah. that, you know, but it's so enshrined that I, I think I'm thinking for myself. I think that's why it's so easy to give myself a pass Yeah, because it's so easy to look at the next person and think, well, look how greedy they are. Their car's newer than mine. Their stuff's nicer than mine, whatever it may be. Right. They spend way more on online. You know, their Amazon receipts are bigger than mine. So I must be doing something right or, yeah. or something like that. But the greedy heart can absolutely still be there. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Yeah. 100%. So I think maybe, you know, all of us need to think about, are there ways that I am? Yeah, exactly what Jesus said, storing up treasures on earth or, or coveting, you know, breaking that, that 
tenth commandment by just constantly glancing at the the person. I mean, even the, whether it's a you know coworker or a friend at church, they're the ones who were able to move into a, a house at a younger age. They're the ones who seem to have the nicer stuff. They're the ones who got the the bump in pay that affords them X, Y, and Z, or even just day to day. What's my you know is there's this, is there a hunger in me that's actually more strong than I realize to go online and get the next thing, you know, and see mm-hmm. the next package come to my house. That's obviously, I think that kind of potentially could hit close to home for all of us. Right. So there's a lot of things that I think we, we can easily give ourselves a pass on because it's so enshrined in the culture. Yes. I think too, something we need to think about is I don't think it's, I don't think it's a bad thing to, to think I'm far greedier than I think I am. And I'm probably far more gluttonous than I think I am. I think because because these become so ingrained that most likely there's more greedy, gluttonous people among us than we think. And we need to think about where is my heart in this? And that I think it's very easy for us to be greedy and gluttonous. And I know, you know, I stand, I stand indicted on that, indicted on that because I know we know our own motives at times. And it's like, you know, what did Paul say? If we judged ourselves, we wouldn't be judged. Mm-hmm. So judge yourself, mm-hmm. like judge yourself and, and, and confess your sins. Yeah. 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 No, praise God. And I, but I, I think too, don't, you know, react to the sin of greed, you know, in a way where we just would almost le- not legalistically, but in a works righteousness way, say, Oh, I recognize this in myself. Mm-hmm. I'm more greedy than I realize. So I just need to like almost, um, just, just constantly be, you know, pulling myself back or pulling myself up by my own bootstraps towards this kind of selfless life. It makes us realize we need Jesus. You know, mm-hmm. he's the one who, um, Philippians two didn't count equality with God, something to be held on to and, and, you know, used for his own benefit, but made himself nothing. Right. So he just, you know, he's the only one who's really lived a truly ungreedy life. So when I recognize this in myself, or even if I don't recognize it in myself, it's just that Psalm 19 idea, Lord, declare me innocent from hidden faults. I don't even know how greedy I am, but thank you so much that Jesus wasn't greedy, that he gave his life for mine and, and rose again. And, and I want to pattern my life after his, please mm-hmm. help me to have a love for him. Please help me to be selfless with the things that you've given me. Yeah. I think all that's very helpful. Um, Mike, I have one last question for you and mm-hmm. I think we can maybe start to move towards a close, but my question is how should we be? I mean, how should, whether it's you or me and in, in some way, all of us might fit this mold, but we do have lots of, of earthly possessions, most of us. And it's not per se a bad thing or to, to have many things is not to be sinning, you know, outright um, or to be greedy outright. So how can, how can we think about where God does give, give good gifts, provide wonderful things for us? How can someone steward that in a, in a God honoring way and not have this, you know, constant feeling of guilt that maybe they're being greedy or something like that. Yeah. This, so this is a tough one. Okay. And I think it's, it goes along a spectrum. It's like, there's no like, thus says the Lord for uh, exact application of not being greedy. Mm-hmm. Okay. But there's some indicators. Okay. So for example, in Ephesians five, three, it says this, but immorality or impurity or greed must not even be named among you. Okay. It's improper but giving of thanks, right? Mm-hmm. So the idea is, um, and what goes along with it, there must not be any filthiness or silly talk or coarse jesting, which are not fitting, but rather give thanks. So what's, what's proper is to not 
not be like this. Uh, Colossians 3, 5 also says the same thing in another way. Consider the members of your earthly body as dead to immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and greed, which amounts to idolatry. Mm -hmm. So the idea Mm -hmm. of, um, of this, I think is you got to be a, you, the whole denying of self, looking to Christ and denying self, that means you're making real choices that are painful. And I think, you know, first Thessalonians says we never came with flattering speech or with a pretext for greed because Paul was getting accused of doing it for the money or doing it for the attention, which was the last thing that was on his mind. Mm-hmm. So it is possible to not be greedy. I think Second Peter uh, chapter 2 even says that in their greed, they will exploit you with false words and their judgment from long ago is not idle. You know, it says in, in 2 Peter 2.14, eyes full of adultery that never cease from sin, enticing people, unstable souls, having a heart trained in greed. Well, those are accursed children. So hmm. you've got these opposites. So I think, I think it really comes down to, you know, it's not just I'm going to look to Jesus and he's going to work it out. Hmm. It's I'm going to, as Paul said, I'm going to buffet my body and make it my slave. I am going to make hard decisions. Hmm. Because I love Jesus. Hmm. I really do think there's no way around that. Yeah. Yeah. Hard decisions regarding generosity, regarding denying yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I think it's really yeah, good. I, I think that that, I think that that is what happens sometimes is, oh, just trust the Lord. Oh, well, wait a minute. If I'm trusting the Lord, I'm going to do what the Bible says. Yeah. And that is a real decision. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling for it's God who is at work in you. Yeah. Again, Paul says, I worked harder than them all, but it was Christ in me. So, it's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. But I'm making real choices in real time. Yep. And if I don't, if I don't guard my heart that way, I'll get greedy. Yep. I think that's really good. Yeah. Just recently, I was I was getting lunch with someone, and they generously uh, they bought my lunch, and I was saying, "Oh, thanks so much." And they just they just said, "Well, you know, it's not my money. It's you know, it, this is all what the Lord's given me." Mm-hmm. And they said, yeah. "I went through this course at one point, and and that idea was really prominently featured, and it's changed my life because now I just trust God. I know He's going to provide for me, and everything I have mm-hmm. is just His that I get to use to bless people. And that, yeah. I mean, that's often, you know, things like that are said often, but man, that does make a big difference instead of trying to you know just claw and scratch to accumulate as much as we can. I was yes. thinking of James five too. I don't know I mentioned that, but." Uh, it talks about people who have, you know, gotten a bunch of gold and, and silver. Mm-hmm. And it also links it to, to uh, lying and, and um, basically living deceptively. You've, mm-hmm. The wages of the laborers, this is James 5, 4. The wages mm-hmm. of the laborers who mowed your fields, which you kept back by fraud are crying out against you. And the, the cries of the harvesters have reached the ears of the Lord of hosts. So similar to what you were saying before, that greed often comes, you know, along with lying and cheating people out of what's at theirs and that kind of thing. But then verse five, you've lived on the earth in, in luxury and self-indulgence. You fattened your heart in a day, day of slaughter. slaughter. That's yeah. a, that picture, man, if there's, mm-hmm. if there's anyone listening to this who maybe you're not even a believer, you know, and you're just doing your thing, think about that picture. Uh, you know, you fatten your heart in the day of slaughter. Like you're right there on the edge of, of eternity and the Lord knows everything and yeah. he's the judge and it just makes no sense to try to store up things on earth knowing that eternity's right there, you know, mm-hmm. on the brink. James makes that point pretty loudly, so... He does. And, you know, the antidote to greed there is Psalm 37, 4, right? Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Right. And the idea of, of having desires that are for what is good and right and true and and pleasing to the Lord. 
And it's interesting in James 5, 2, it goes on to say, and you need to confess your sins to one another, right? And I think that uh, it's not disconnected. You know, he's spe speaking all of this in one whole unit. So, you know, um, it seems to bring comfort when we're in the, in the, uh, in this mode of, wow, I'm noticing I'm, I'm sinful. Well, confess it to the Lord, you know, find your delight in him and get back on track. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's helpful. I think that's, yeah. uh, I think that's probably the ground that we wanted to cover, Mike. So yeah. listeners, hope that was helpful to you. Uh, in a culture that makes apps called retail therapy and, and things like that, where people try to meet all their problems by accumulating more and more, we have a way better solution as believers. Mm -hmm. We can look to the Lord. He provides for all our needs. He's everything that we need. And uh, his heart is really infinitely full of love towards us. So infinite riches there. Mm -hmm. uh, listeners, we are thankful for you. We love you. And uh, appreciate you listening. We'll uh, catch you next time on the podcast, and we'll be wrapping up G3, uh, talking next week about gossip. So we'll talk to you then, and have a great day. God bless you.